Welcome back, everyone, to Rookie Mistakes, the sports podcast for the sports inept. I'm Ethan. I'm Jeremy. And today, we're going to be talking about sports betting. But before we do, Rookie Mistakes is here to bring sports knowledge to those who feel a little sports challenged, like myself. And it's my job to be the stand-in for many of our audience members. Having a meager sports knowledge base myself, I'm perfect to be the (laughs) stand-in. And, you know, Jeremy, you're going to be fielding a lot of my silly questions. So I'm excited to get into sports betting. Yeah, sweet. Let's do it. Uh, But before we do... Last podcast, if you missed it, we talked about how to watch football if you must. Uh, we got a lot of great feedback. Thank you all for responding, sending in questions, sending in comments. We got a particularly interesting one. Someone felt the need to tell us that... Anonymous they, source. Anonymous <laughs> source, no name. Someone told us that Big Ben is actually just the bell and not the tower. So thanks, Dad, if that was you. <laughs> I don't know who else that could have been. But for those of you who like to watch your podcasts visually... Uh, these are all out on YouTube as well. So you can find us on YouTube, Rookie Mistakes Pod. Okay. So Ethan, today we're talking about sports betting and sports betting has really taken off in the last few years. I think you're going to tell us a little bit more about that later, but I just wanted to give you and, and our listeners a sense of how big the money is when it comes to sports betting. So in 2023, the handle, which is the amount of money that came through the sports books. Do you want to guess? I don't know if you took a look at all. Do you want to wow. guess how much money came through? How much money was bet in the sports books? Um, so this is solely how much was bet, not how much people were paid out. Correct. Okay. I mean, there are massive, I think like what they call whales, people who bet mass amounts of money on, yeah. uh, on games. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it's got to be in the billions and... To not take up the next 20 seconds of me thinking, I'm going to say $10 billion. Okay. Uh, it would be $109 billion, which is That's crazy. Nutty. That's uh, nuts. Just in revenue. That That's in the amount of money that was actually bet in the sports books. In terms of revenue that the sports books brought in, $9.7 billion. Wow. And if you extrapolate out to the states, how much tax money was collected by the states? It was $2 billion in 2023. That's insane. Yeah. That is insane. And how many states right now have legal sports betting? Good question. It depends a little bit if it's online sports betting versus in physical stores um, for physical locations. But I think right now the number is close to 36. They all have some varying degree of legality wow. um, with what they accept. But New York State led the way in terms of tax dollars collected. Nice. New York State had $862 million in taxes collected from sports betting. So for the states that don't have sports betting legal, they're yeah. missing out on a lot of money. Maybe they're standing on morals and principles, and that's Maybe. I hope our you know city infrastructure gets a little better considering we're taking in so much money. I agree. From what I read, they seem to be putting the money back into good causes. So okay. I, yeah, okay, that's good. Maybe that's the good ends justify hear. the means. I don't, that's I don't good know. to hear. Um, and one last crazy number here. Um, in terms of the number of people who planned to bet just on football alone in 2023, it was 75 million Americans, which would be 28% of the population. Wow. Yeah. What's crazy about that is, I, I think last time we were talking about number of Americans that watch football, I forgot the exact stats, but given the number of Americans that watch football, now 28% of the entire population is also betting on football. So right. it's not just like you're watching it, you're also betting on it, which is pretty insane. I know. It's, it's kind of crazy. And I think for a lot of people... Not only is it a, a 
way to make money in theory, even though a lot of people don't make money. Um, it's just a way to get more invested in the game. Yes. You put $1 on a game and suddenly you care a ton about the outcome. Yeah. Um, so just a fun way to get people into it. But you had asked a little bit about the legality. Did you want to give us like just a quick rundown? I know you had some Yeah. Some info so I, I looked a little bit into the legality of betting. When we talk about betting, betting um, really started this contemporary phase in the early 1900s. And at that point, it was in the hands of the states. And in 1931, what is called retail betting, which is betting in a brick and mortar shop. Mm. Um, in 1931, it was introduced in Las Vegas. It was called the wide open gambling bill. Makes sense that it started in Vegas. Started in Vegas. Yeah. Vegas is where it goes down. But 1972, so we're talking 40 years later, Montana allowed low limit gambling and New Jersey got involved only in Atlantic City. 1989 was when riverboat gambling started in Iowa and Illinois. I think there's a, a nice casino in Illinois where I'm from called Rivers Casino. I don't actually think it's on a river's riverboat, but still. Is riverboat betting just betting from a boat? Yeah, it's on the literally river? betting from a boat on the river. And they could just get around the legality I guess because like, they're like not in a state. Yeah, they're like <laughs> like in international waters. I don't okay. know. <laughs> That's cool. Um, but yeah, so that was introduced. But what really became a pivotal moment in betting was in 1992 when PAPSA was formed, P-A-P-S-A, and it stands for the Professional and Amateur Sports Prote Protection Act of 1992. And this was a federal law that restricted pretty much every state from legalizing sports gambling, um, all but a few. So Las Vegas still was allowed. Uh, Montana was allowed. Atlantic City was still allowed. But pretty much everything else, they said, you can't do it, the federal government. And for Las Vegas, was it just allowed in Las Vegas or was the whole state of Nevada legalized? I think the whole state of Nevada was legalized. Uh -huh. I think, for example, Reno also had betting. Oh, okay. I think the reason that Las Vegas was set aside is because to turn down that much of a moneymaker for the economy right. would have been pretty devastating for the state. Got it. Um, so 1992, that happens. And what happens now is you have all of these bookies who start to uh, show face because bookies essentially, and you could probably explain this better than I can, but they're individual people who help to transfer money during bets. So they'll set the certain odds and situations. They'll accept bets and find someone willing to take the other side of the bet. And then they pay out the winnings on behalf of the other. They're like a middleman. Got it. So the modern day sports book is what bookies used to be. Yes. Okay, cool. Yes. Um, so that happens 1992. Throughout you know, 1992 to 2018, you have these bookies who are doing a lot of the bets. I remember when I was in college, everyone in my fraternity was a bookie trying to make a dollar. <laughs> and you'll tell us how bookies actually make money because I'm not exactly sure how that work looks. But you know, everyone's trying to be the moderator of bets. 2018 comes along, and 2018 was a ma massive year for betting. Um, 2018, the U.S. Supreme Court struck down the federal ban known as PASPA. Remind me what that stands for again? Professional and Amateur Sports Protection Act. Okay. So they struck this down. They said it's back into the hands of the states. The states have to decide whether betting's legal or not. And 2018 was exactly as you're saying, when betting for states started, started to become extremely lucrative. You have places like DraftKings and FanDuel using real-time analytics to power mobile app betting. Mm -hmm. So, you know, a lot of these states realize how much money they can make through taxes. And what's the last really interesting thing is states predicated the definition of gambling on whether something is a game of chance, which is considered gambling and they don't like it. 
or it's a game of skill, which is not considered gambling, and they actually allow that. States that actually allow for betting wouldn't call betting a game of chance. They would actually call betting a game of skill. Okay. And Jeremy Coudon, the lawyer for DraftKings and FanDuel, was the lawyer in a lot of these lawsuits trying to convince the judge and jury that betting was really a game of skill. Uh-huh. And he was successful, He clearly. was successful <laughs> in, in enough states. Right. Um, right. Obviously, they're not all... They haven't all approved of this, but for the most part, he was very successful, and I'm sure he got a chunk of change for it. Yeah, I would imagine. I didn't realize that he was making the case to every single state. Like, right now, you would think if the state knows what the argument is, it's just a matter of do we want sports betting or not? And if you're making $862 million in the state yeah. of New York in one year, you would think other states like California would want in on that. That's interesting. Yeah, I think, you know, there's a, there's an aspect of morality in trying to preserve, right. you know— save face, preserve dignity, and not allow betting in your state. But at the end of the day, if it helps communities grow and it helps city right. infrastructure, then it might just be worth it. Right. And I guess there are people out there who are considered sharks who bet really well. And by really well, I mean they win 57% of the time. I think that's considered like an unbelievable gambler sports yeah. betting wise. So maybe you could argue that it is a game of skill. Yeah. You know, those people would be plaintiffs trying to argue their point. Right. Right. So what we're going to move into now is what we're gonna call a training camp. Training camp for every episode that we do moving forward is gonna be the meat and potatoes of the episode, what we're trying to teach you guys, what we want you to take away. And this week we're talking about sports betting. So we're gonna get into how you actually sports bet, what are all those terms that people talk about that you're not sure what they mean? What are the different odds, the spreads, all those things? We're going to get into that now, okay? Let's get so, this money, baby. <laughs> I hope, I hope. <laughs> so I want to take a simple example from football. Almost any sport that you bet on is going to have three main things that you can bet on. There's the spread, there's the over-under or total points, and then there's the money line which is just straight up who you think is going to win or lose that game. Okay, so let's start with the spread. The spread okay. is probably the most common thing that people bet on. That is the expected difference in the team's final scores. Okay. Okay, so let's take an example. This upcoming week, the Chiefs are playing the Bills. Okay. The spread for that game is the Bills minus three. Now, we'll get into this a little bit more. Minus means you're the favorite. So the Bills being minus three points means that the people who set these odds, the odds makers, as we'll call them in this episode, they think the Bills are going to win by three points. Okay? okay, and very quickly, just to test my understanding. So negative in front of the number means the team is projected to win by that number of points. Correct. Positive is the team is projected to lose by that number Exactly. Of so okay. if you are plus three or plus 15, you are a three or 15 point underdog. Okay. Yeah. Let's say we're playing multiple games of tic-tac-toe mm -hmm. and we're playing 10 total and um each game you get a point so if you win six and i win four then you would have six points and i would have four at the end correct now given your example let's say the spread is minus three that means that there's an expectation that you need to win three more than me in order to cover the spread exactly so i would need to beat you seven games to three which would be i would up win by four games in order to cover a spread of minus three. I see. And if I even lost to you six games to four, mm -hmm. then 
if you were if someone was betting on your side of the spread, they would actually lose. Correct. Even though I won, you covered the bet. I see. So the inverse of that is also true. If someone was betting on my side of the spread and I lost six games to four, I still or they still covered their bet and they would then get a payout. Exactly. I see. Exactly. If you bet Ethan plus three and you only lost by two games, if they bet plus three Ethan, they would win. That's covering the spread. That makes sense. That's it's really tricky because you can still lose exactly. but cover your spread. Exactly. Yes. There was a, a great example from this past weekend. The Lions won their game against the Rams 24 to 23. The spread on that game was Lions minus three. So if you bet the Lions on the spread, you lost that bet because they only won by one point. Wow. Yeah. That's that's weird. That's wonky. Yeah. All right. So I want to give you another example. See if we're following along. The Lions are playing the Bucks. The Lions are minus six. So what does that mean? That means the minus means the Lions are expected to win mm -hmm. by six points. Exactly. So next on our list, as we talked about, is the over-under or total points. Okay. That is the number that they think the teams will combine to reach as a final score. Okay. So for this example, Bills against the Chiefs, the over-under is 45 and a half points. If you think the total score combined with those teams is going to be over, you would bet the over. If mm -hmm. you think it's going to be less than that, you would bet the under. Okay. So you're really betting, if you're betting the over, you're betting it's going to be a high scoring game. Correct. Or more high scoring than the book thinks. Yes. Yeah. And just a reminder briefly that we talked about last episode is you can score a touchdown, which is worth six points. Kick the extra point is one. And then the other most common way to score is with a field goal, which is worth three points. The way that they set these lines is they take roughly the average of each team, how many points they score a game, they factor in the weather, they factor in how they play against each other and similar opponents. And that's how they set the line initially. And I can bet on the spread or I can bet on the over-under. I don't need to bet on them both. You right? do not need to bet on both, correct. Okay. Correct. And the last piece here that you can bet on for almost any game is the money line. I actually think you can bet on this for literally any sport ever because you're okay. just picking the winner. So you know how before we talked about you can cover a bet but still lose? Yeah. So if you lost our tic-tac-toe match by two games but you still covered your spread, if I wanted to bet on Team Jeremy to win so that even if I only win by two and I don't cover the spread but you want to get credit for me winning, then yeah. you would bet on the money line. I see. So money line is just you can choose team A or team B, and that's it. Exactly. Um, so do people bet on the money line over betting on the spread because they're not certain that a team can, let's say, cover a spread, but they think the team is going to win? So yes, I would say a good example of that is this upcoming week, the Ravens are playing the Texans. The okay. Ravens are a nine-point favorite, so they are minus nine. If wow. you think the Texans are going to make it a very competitive game and you think the Ravens are going to win, but you don't feel confident that they're going to win by more than nine points, then you would bet the Ravens on the money line. I see. Or I see. if you felt confident that the Texans were going to keep it close, but still probably lose, then you wouldn't bet them on the money line. You'd bet them on the spread to cover their plus nine. I see. So they actually serve very different purposes depending on how you want to engage with the game. Exactly. What I don't get, and I think you'll probably get into this, why would I ever bet on the spread when I can bet on the money line? Good question. So that leads us to how these odds are calculated. Okay. So the Ravens are a perfect example. 
you can bet the Ravens minus nine, so you think they'll win by more than nine points, and you can get roughly even odds. Even odds would mean you bet a dollar, you win a dollar, okay? But if you were to bet the Ravens on the money line, you think they're going to win, their odds there are minus 410. Now, before everyone gets confused about the minus and plus on the actual odds that you get for a game, I want to break it down very simply. We're going to use multiples of 100, okay. okay, to explain how this works. If your bet is minus, so you're a favorite, you have to bet that amount to win $100. Okay. okay, so in this example, the Ravens on the money line, if you think they're going to win, in order to win $100, you need to bet $410. Wow. Their odds on the spread to cover nine points is minus 105. So if you wanted to win $100 on the spread, you would only have to put $105. So that answers your question of why people don't just bet on the money line every time because your odds aren't as good. Yeah, so the spread, like you're saying, it's pretty much one-to-one on either side of the spread. If you're betting on the Ravens minus nine, you're going to get put in a dollar and get a dollar, put in $100, get just about $100, and same with the other team. Roughly. But what you're saying with the money line is the payout is drastically different, and if you're putting money on the money line for the expected winner, you're not going to get such a good payout. Correct. You're not going to get great value because you're going to need to put so much more money on the favorite in order to make back $100. Okay. Yeah. And could and you go through this negative 405 again? Because that was confusing. Yeah, for sure. So I guess we'll use this example here. If you want to win $100, we're going to use multiples of 100 for everything. That's how the sports books set it. I think it's intentional. They want people to bet a lot of money. Fair. If you want to win $100, the Ravens are minus 410 on the money line. You need to bet $410. Okay. So for any bet that you see when the odds are minus, think that's the number I need to bet on this in order to win $100. I see. Okay. I see. And let's use the flip side. If you are the underdog, your odds are going to be plus. So the same way that the Chiefs were plus three, their odds to win the game outright if they are on the money line is plus 120. Now what you do there is if you bet $100, you'll win 120. Mm -hmm. A lot simpler. You don't have to work in reverse to okay. get your 100 bet X number of dollars. Yeah. Now it's just if you bet $100, whatever the plus is, that's how much you win. So if we look at the Ravens-Texans game, and I tell you that the money line for the Texans is plus 320, okay. and you bet $100, how much do you win? 320. Exactly. Super simple. That's easier. Yeah. The other side is a little bit more difficult. The other side's a little more confusing because if you just want to bet five, you have to do the whole calculation, yeah. whatever it may be. So we have our spread, which is the amount of points that they think is going to differentiate the two teams when the score is done. We have our total or the over-under, the total number of points that they think will be scored in the game. And then we have our money line. That's just betting straight up on the team. Mm -hmm. And then with each of those bets, you have odds associated with yep. that bet. Cool. That, um, that, yeah, that, that checks out. Okay. Awesome. So, okay, last thing, because I'm now intrigued. Do people, if you're a better, if you're a big better, like yourself or your wife, <laughs> do do you bet or does she bet on all of these things? Does she bet on one of these things? Does she pick and choose f per game? It's a good question. Usually, we'll pick and choose. We're not going to bet on everything. I mean, everyone bets differently, but I think people try to find value in bets and determining value is different for everyone, right? Mm -hmm. If I, I'll take an example from last year. I'm a big hockey fan, 
and the Devils, my favorite hockey team, people weren't really aware that they were good for the first half of the season, but I knew they were a very good team. So they kept being listed as the underdog. Wow. And because people were betting against them, I got to bet on them as underdogs and got good value for my bet. Yeah. So it, it kind of just depends. You try to use some sports knowledge to do it. Yep. But on things like spread and the over-under, that line, Vegas has gotten really good at setting the lines. Mm-hmm. You're going to win some of the time. You're going to lose some of the time. It just yeah. kind of depends. Okay, so if they, if Vegas thinks you know this certain game is going to go a certain way, how do they set the odds and how do they always make money? Yeah, good question. So... For a standard bet, like an over-under, usually the odds on either side of that bet are going to be minus 110. So we'll use our tic-tac-toe analogy. Let's say they think I'm going to win more three more games than you. The line is minus three. The odds for that are going to be minus 110. Remind us what what minus 110 is. Minus 110 is you put in, you bet $110, and then you win $100. Exactly. So the also same... win means on top of the 110 you put in. So you would get Correct. back 210 total. Exactly. Okay. Yes. So in that example, I'm minus three on the spread. You are plus three on the spread. No matter which side you bet, your odds are likely going to be minus 110. Okay. What that means is if someone bet on me and someone bet on you, then one person is winning $100 and one person is losing $110. I right? see. Because you both had to put in 110 to win 100. One of you wins that 100. One of you loses 110. So the book makes $10. No matter what. No matter what. They don't what. even care who wins. Exactly. In I that see. example, they don't care who wins. Now, where it gets interesting is the line is always moving. Right? Okay. So minus three for me and you doesn't always stay minus three. Mm-hmm. Why not? Because if a ton of people are saying, Ethan's not going to lose by three games. I think he's going to cover that. A lot of bets are going to flood in and people are going to bet Ethan plus three. When the books see that, they see an imbalance and they see a way for them to lose money because if you lose by less than three games or if you win at all, they get the disproportionate end of that. More people are winning their money. So what they'll do is they will move the line. What that means is the spread will go from Ethan plus three to Ethan plus two or Ethan plus one and a half. I see. And what that does is other people see that and they say, oh, well, I, I still think Jeremy's going to win. I didn't think he would win by three games, but I, I do think he'll win by two. And now that I can pick Jeremy minus two and win my bet, I'm going to bet on that. And then more people flood that side. And that's how the sports, the sports books even out the betting on either side so that they always guarantee that extra $10, 50% of the time is bet on one side and 50% is bet on the other. So they always know what's going on and who's betting on what side and how much money is on each side of the spread. Exactly. That's so cool. Yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah. I'll give you a, a cool example. So there's this guy I follow, shout out promo guy. He has a Discord that people pay for. I don't pay for his Discord. I'm not. So not shouting him out too much. but Yeah, not too much, <laughs> but he's good at what he does. Um, I follow him on Twitter. And he has a lot of people that follow him. And basically, he tracks all of the sports books to see where you can get the best odds, what the best bets are. But what happens is, as soon as he posts a bet, the odds shift because a ton of people immediately bet 
the thing that he posts to the point where the sports books have to change the odds. They have to change the spread. They have to change the over-under, whatever it may be, yeah. so that the rest of the people who look at the bet bet on the other side of it to even it out. Yeah. Does that make sense? That makes a lot of sense. It, I was working for a quant trading fund at one point and the tv was always on because they wanted to see when donald trump would say something egregious because <laughs> they knew the stock market was going to fluctuate immediately okay. and they were trying to beat beat the game essentially and that's what this reminds me of a little bit that's it's like what you're saying. making sure that you always know what's going on because right when that twitter feed hits there's going to be people right so you need to be ready yeah that's cool and, and what someone will post it's kind of amazing how quickly this happens the guy will post something in his Discord or on Twitter, and 10 minutes later, the first comment will say dead. And what that means is that the odds are killed. Wow. So many people bet along with what this guy was saying that the odds shifted to the point where the bet that this guy suggested initially is no longer applicable. Wow, that's interesting. So, and this is going to, this is not a question we, we need to answer here, but he, this guy who's posting and you know getting people to bet on one side, he's got a huge advantage himself. Because if he knows what people are going right. to bet, he can actually tell people to do something else that he will then take the opposite bet of once the line is shifted oh. in his favor. I had not thought of it like that. That's really smart. He, he actually could double up on it. He yeah. could bet it at first because he knows that it's really good odds. Yeah. And then when everyone else bets on it, he can bet the opposite side. Yeah. That's actually such a good call because then he can, in theory, win both bets. That's true. Anyway. Oh, I had not thought of it like that. Who knows? I hope he makes enough money from his Discord that he doesn't feel the need to do that. But yeah. I know that people have been successful with his bets. So yeah. I, that's that's a good call, though. Wow, I hadn't thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. So that's kind of the overview. Should we do like a quick test to feel like, all right, we know where we're at, or you feel like you're good? Um, I think I'm good, although I do want to ask, there's this word getting kicked around at bars and scenes these days and it's parlays okay and shout out to adam parks who has a shirt that says parlay king um and i <laughs> want to just you to let me know how those things work what they mean how to win them because that's what i'm really down to do uh -huh. can you give me the rundown yeah for sure so parlays are combining multiple bets together so before okay. when you asked am i betting on multiple things at a time Sometimes the answer is yes. Sometimes the answer is no. When I'm betting on multiple things within the same bet, it's called a parlay. Okay. So if I wanted to take the Bills minus three, okay. so they're going to win by more than three points, and I wanted to take the under 45 and a half, and okay. I took them together, the odds would multiply, and that would be a parlay. So the more things that you bet on within the same bet, the bigger the payout is. That makes sense. So... Again, it would be like if I'm taking the Eagles minus three mm -hmm. and I'm taking the Eagles versus the Chiefs over 47 points, then the odds of my first bet and the odds of my second bet would both multiply and I would get an even bigger value if I hit that entire package of bets. Exactly. You explained that way better than I did. <laughs> yes. But the other thing is, is if I only hit one of these bets, correct, nothing happens. You it's lose, which is why they multiply the odds together for you. If I you see. have five different legs of a parlay, that's five different components, and you win four of them, but you don't win the fifth, you don't win anything. I see. So the books give you these really crazy odds, they say you can bet $100 to win $15,000 with yeah. this six-leg parlay, and that's really enticing, but yeah. if one of your legs misses, then you lose the whole bet, you lose the $100. And can you... 
this is a pretty crazy betting question, but could I actually like package together legs and say, I want only, I only need five of the six of these to hit in order to win this parlay? No, unfortunately not. But they do some bets where they give you parlay insurance, where if you take over three legs of a bet and one, only one of them loses, they'll give you that amount that you bet back in your account. Oh, so you fair. can use it as a bonus bet. Nice. But That's you can't cool. win the parlay if not all the legs hit. Good I question. Um, a couple other just quick terms that are good to know. There's prop bets. Yes. Prop bets are basically anything outside of those three main ones that I mm -hmm. talked about. So you could have a player's yards that they mm -hmm. think they're going to get. Last week, we talked about rushing yards yep. or a quarterback's passing yards. Mm -hmm. Betting on those are all prop bets. And then when you get to the Super Bowl, there are all kinds of crazy prop bets. Like, is yep. the coin toss going to be heads or tails? Yeah. What color is the Gatorade bath going to be? Those kinds of things. <laughs> nice. Those are all prop bets. And then the last one is riding or fading a bet. Okay. So these are kind of self-explanatory. If you think that a bet that I'm making is awesome and you want to ride that bet, you'll bet the same thing. Like, oh, I'm riding that bet. Nice. Or if you think I stink at gambling and you hate all my bets, anything you see me bet nice. on, you're going to be like, I'm fading Jeremy's bets. I'm going to bet the opposite. Nice. Okay. So fading is betting the I would opposite. only ride your bets. I appreciate you know. that. <laughs> Maybe not a good idea <laughs> for my track record. Um, but yeah, those are kind of the, uh, the, the basics. Hopefully that all makes sense. If you guys have questions on that, Submit them. This is a tricky topic, but hopefully we cover that enough for you. Yep. So now we're going to move into a section that we want to call our rookie combine. A combine is what they have in a lot of sports where they put the rookies to the test. They test their skills. The rookies get to showcase what they can do and their abilities. Yep. So we're going to do that now. We're going to kind of do that for each other. Yep. But then we're going to get into a section where we test you on your sports betting knowledge. I'm ready. All right. So let's start. Ethan and I came up with, we don't know what each other came up with, everyday scenarios and then we're going to put odds on them and see which side of the bet we would take. Yeah, and I'm going to go first. So my first situation for you is, again, we're on the Upper West Side right now in your apartment. Uh, I live on the Lower East, a little bit of a commute home. And I want to give you the over-under on the number of rats I see on my way home. <laughs> and I'm laying the line at two and a half. So... What that means is, and just so I know, to explain this to myself, yeah. you either can take the under, which means you think I am going to see less than two and a half yeah. rats on my way home, Perfect. or you can take the over, which means you will think I'm going to see three or more rats on my way home. Yeah, I'm going to hammer the over on that one. Okay, hammer you the over. you got a bit of a trek. I appreciate you making the trek. <laughs> um, You've got so much walking to do. Yeah. You're going to, nighttime especially, not a lot of people out, a lot of trash bags. A lot of trash I'm gonna bags. I'm going to hammer the over. Okay. I, I would take that. Yeah, for sure. So, give, me, give me the minus, the over two and a half there. <laughs> okay. So the other thing is, is I could actually see two and a half rats because rats do tend oh to <laughs> explode and <laughs> uh, get that. stepped on. So <laughs> if you hit two and a half exactly, like if there's just like rat entrails on the sidewalk, do you hit that bet? Or do you not? Incredible segue to something that I totally <laughs> overlooked. That would be a push. That would be a push. If you saw two and a half rats and it was exactly on the line that the book set or that you set for me, okay. that would be considered a push. Nobody wins. You get your money back. You move on. Call it a day. Okay. So if you see two and a half rats on the way home, that'd be very sad. It would be sad. But also, I would get my money back for betting on the over. Okay. Sounds good. I'll keep you guys updated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I've got one for you. My first one is, okay, <laughs> I'm going to give you minus 150. Okay. Those are your odds. 
that people are more confused now about sports betting than they were before. Wow. Are you riding that bet minus 150 or are you fading that bet? Okay, so <laughs> to break this down, minus 150, it actually, you're expected people to be more confused. Exactly. Because that means I have to put in $150 in order to receive 250 total. Win Correct. 100. Not putting a ton of faith in myself, but okay. yes. Um, I actually have faith in you and I have oh. faith in us and I will put a, a, a grand on it. You'll, okay, so you're going to fade that bet. I'm fading that bet. I'm putting a grand on it. Lock me in. Wow. Tell me when I win my money. Let's go. <laughs> That's okay. what I like to see. So if the opposite side of this bet, in theory, is plus 150, yes. you think people aren't going to be more confused. You're hammering that plus 150. Uh, yes, I'm hammering the plus 150. Exactly. That. We'll post a poll in Spotify. Yeah. Let us know what you think. You guys know what I bet, so keep that in mind. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. I okay. think that's a good bet to good bet to Love ride. That. Love that. Okay. My next bet for you is um, when you're shopping in the next month, month at, at Trader Joe's, because Trader Joe's is by far the best grocery store in these parts. Superior, yeah. Um, what are the odds you run into someone you know in the kosher section at Trader Joe's <laughs> in the next month? And I'll put the line originally at negative 120. You can make that line negative a thousand. Okay, so it's, so, <laughs> so it's locked in. Locked okay, in. so let me give you a parlay. Okay. Odds you run into someone you know in the kosher section at Trader Joe's who's also buying a par of cinnamon babka. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, wow. And I'll put the line. I'll put the line. This is big because this is a parlay. You got to yeah. multiply the odds. Negative a thousand. It would actually be the reverse. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. This is why people are confused. Look, people are learning. So because we're multiplying things together, ah. they're going to make my payout a little bit more enticing. Yes. Right? So let's say you had minus 1,000 that I saw. Well, you gave me minus 120, which I'll take. Yes. Minus 120 that I see someone, and let's say it's plus 300 that we're both buying a cinnamon babka. Okay. The odds multiplied together, I have no idea off the top of my head. But it's going to be plus. It would be plus like 700. Maybe. Okay. It would be something really, really enticing for me. Okay. So in that case, that's pretty good value. If you had told me we're both buying kosher chicken, I okay. would have said, that's a take. That, <laughs> cinnamon babka, not cinnamon so much. Babka. Well, cinnamon, see, cinnamon, there's a little bit of a tiff. It's polarizing. Cinnamon or chocolate. Or chocolate. I'm a big cinnamon guy. I'm a big cinnamon guy, too. People don't like me for that. I know, People dude. People are like, why I know. Are I know. I think it's so much better. Yeah, put that on the hot plate for two hours. Ooh, Ooh it's good. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm actually, I'm going to steer clear of that bet. Okay. I actually, I wouldn't bet the opposite side of it. Okay. But... I'm a little nervous. I mean, plus 700, that's good value, but I'm I'm going to steer clear of that. Okay. Yeah. Okay, fair. Great one, though. That's that's tremendous. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, and this last one, uh, I, I have a hope for what your answer will be. Okay. But over, under, three and a half new gambling addicts after this episode. Ooh, okay. I guess this is a good time for a disclaimer. We are not advocating nor endorsing gambling. Correct. I believe that we are only an educational platform yes. and uh, we should only be used for educational purposes. Absolutely, so because yeah. of that, I will take the under. Yes, good answer. That was the correct answer. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I also think, well, it depends. If people think that they're more confused now, the under is a good bet there. If they feel like they get this really well, yeah. still, again, we're not advocating for sports betting. Not advocating for sports betting. But it would be a good sign if you feel like, oh, I could bet yeah. confidently now. Yeah, of course. All right. This uh, last part of our rookie combine here, we're going to put Ethan to the test. We're going to have him showcase his skills. We're going to test him on different sports terms. Okay. Sports betting terms that he may not have heard before. Yep. Probably okay. not. We did not give him a warning as to what these were. 
Uh, some of these are easier than others, but we're going to see what Ethan can come up with. All right, your first term is backdoor cover. Backdoor cover. Okay. <laughs> um, backdoor cover, actually. It's coming to me now. It. So I don't know if you knew this, but sports, sports books require people to pay cover to get on the sports book. Okay. And a backdoor cover is when you slip the sports book a five. <laughs> And you get to play on their sports book. Women get in on it for free on Friday nights. <laughs> they get in. Men usually have to pay $5. It's like sort of backdoor because it's playing on the backdoor of a bar. Okay. Th but this is in person. Yeah, this is, this is in person. This All is right. in person. Or on DraftKings. DraftKings might give you a little dialogue box saying it's time for the backdoor cover. And you have to press, I understand. Okay. I'll pay $5. I admire the effort. I did not mean to laugh at your answer. <laughs> it, it was not funny. It, it was it was funny, but I didn't mean to laugh. Okay. So that was not right. That was not correct. No. Okay. A backdoor cover is when you bet on the spread for a certain thing or you bet on an over-under. Okay. And what happens is your odds, what you bet on, it looks so out of the picture, right? Okay. Bills, Steelers game as an example. Okay. The Bills were 10-point favorites in the game. Okay. If you bet the Steelers plus 10, then you think they're going to lose by less than 10 points mm -hmm. or potentially win the game. Mm -hmm. Now, they lost the game by 14 points, okay. but they had a drive at the end of the game where they could have scored a touchdown, still lost the game, but covered the bet. So a last-minute cover where the outcome of the game was already decided, it didn't matter what the score was, okay. but... They score a late touchdown, and they give you a backdoor cover on your bet. Wow. So it's a last-minute cover of your bet. Exactly. Wow. That yeah. is not at all what I was thinking, <laughs> but that's good to know. All right. We'll, we'll give you an easier one. We'll give you hedging. Hedging? Hedging I've heard of. So hedging is when you actually place multiple bets that seem incompatible with each other, but what you're doing is you're guaranteeing that you hit at least one of the bets. Yeah. Exactly. And I think where this is used more often than not, also credit to you, good answer. The, the only component that's missing is that usually you'll hedge when you bet on something and then it looks like that's going to happen. So the odds on the other side I see. get even better. And then you can bet on that side and you're basically guaranteeing yourself that you make a little bit of money. It could be a couple bucks, but you're mm -hmm. hedging either way, you're going to win money. It's like a little insurance, what you're talking about earlier. Exactly. I exactly. see. Cool. All right, nice. So one for two. One for two. Here we go. Okay, we'll go with chalk. Chalk. I have never heard of that term. <laughs> um, I. Okay, so I'll take a stab at it. <laughs> so I do know that before games, LeBron James takes like baby powder chalk and, you know, claps his hands in the air. And it's got to be a celebration after hitting a big bet. <laughs> it's called chalking. It's a pretty good... <laughs> Pretty good guess. I think we should make a term for that. Okay. Maybe we'll call it chalking. <laughs> chalk is just simply when you take all the favorites. Okay. And you're like, I'm going chalk. You wow. look at all the NFL games this week, and you're like, I like all the favorites. So I'm going to bet all the favorites. That's and it's called you're, you're, you're going chalk. Just going chalk. Taking chalk. Or Taking just, chalk. And where does it come from? I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> we should get into that. <laughs> um, all right. We got two more for you. This okay. one, uh, there's a component of it that you might not know, but what about cash out? Cash out, another good one. I know this one. At least I hope so. Cash out. Okay, the way I know it is the few times that I bet and I've won, the very few times, <laughs> then it gets put into my DraftKings account, and then I can cash out. Okay. 
Good answer. That is one type of cash out, but I actually think we would call that a withdrawal. Okay. A cash out is when you pull out your money mid bet. Now, this is a, a little bit tricky. Yes, you can do that. What happens is if you have a bet in on a game, as the game is progressing, the line that you bet on is going to shift okay. based on what's happening in the game. Okay. So let's use a really simple example. If I was minus three okay. in our tic-tac-toe series, okay. you win the first three games. Okay. If I was someone who bet on me minus three, I want to get my money out because I know I'm going to lose all of it. The sports book will give me, hey, you can, of the $100 that you bet, you can take out 23 of it now. Okay. Right? So you're still losing a lot of your money. You're just not losing all of it. You're not losing all of it. I on see. the flip side, if someone bet on you plus three and you won the first three games, they're feeling amazing about mm -hmm. their bet. They're going to be able to take out more than they put in. So they put in $100. The book is going to tell them, hey, now you can remove that bet for 150 why does the book do that? Mm -hmm. Because if you keep your money in, you're going to get more than what they're offering you. I see. So they want to incentivize you to take your money out ahead of time. And they want to incentivize the losing person on my side to get whatever dollars they can before it's too late mm -hmm. in the off chance that I make a crazy comeback because then those people already took out their money and didn't make the full amount that they could have. That makes sense. And it's all under the umbrella of the casino or the book always winning. Exactly. Like they're, they're doing these calculations, but they're winning. All correct. Okay. The amount of money that you can take out versus me, it benefits them. Okay. The, the odds that they shift to during the game, they always ensure that they're making money. It's a okay. call. Um, but that is cashing out. The last one we have here um, is just a bad beat. Bad beat. Again, one that I'll have to, have to really think through and use my head for. So a bad beat is when, okay, it's when you, you bet on a player. And it's a prop bet. So you're betting that Patrick Mahomes is throwing three touchdowns, but he doesn't he doesn't hit the bet. And actually, it's because of a bad beat. It's like his pregame warmups, the beats, they weren't hitting, right? <laughs> so a bad beat, it's like really referred to when a player doesn't hit a bet that you took. Like he's having a bad beat. Okay. <laughs> Not quite. Okay. <laughs> a bad beat is the opposite of a backdoor cover. Oh. So a backdoor cover is when you won your bet kind of last minute. A bad beat is when you lose your bet last I see, minute. I see. So in our football example. A negative term, though. I, I, yes. I got the negative. You got okay. the negative right, exactly. Okay. And it's someone losing a bet for you. So absolutely. Yeah. In <laughs> if Let's say your bet is about to hit. You're like, this is perfect. I took this team to win by 10 points, okay. by 14. And then when it doesn't matter at all with like, no time left on the clock. The Steelers score a touchdown, and you're like, oh, my God, why'd they do that? This was irrelevant to the game. Yes. Terrible beat. That's a bad beat. Wow. Okay. Lost your bet. Good. I'll be using that term. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Sweet. Okay, so I think we covered our bases there. Um, that's a lot of info to, to take in. Hopefully, some of those examples helped explain it a little bit. Um, but again, so. if you guys have questions, send them in. And Ethan, I know you had some cool history here that you wanted to share with yeah. us a lot of mob involvement here a, a, a lot of mob involvement a lot of history of betting so i'm gonna i'm gonna keep this to two minutes because i don't know how many people are interested in this aspect of the history of betting <laughs> but betting actually started in mesopotamia which is today's iraq it's in the middle east okay and it started in 3000 bc it's, it started thousands of years ago with people betting on a six-sided die they're just rolling the die huh. and throwing money on it dice were six-sided back then too i, I think so That's there's cool. a specific dice that was six-sided it's called a sextet huh? 
I made that word up. Um, it's not actually <laughs> just to die, but it's just to die. die. Um, so a lot, a lot of history starting around 3000 BC. Then you get into ancient China in 2300 BC that introduced Kino, which actually is in casinos today. It's one really? of these like number bets. Yeah, where you like circle numbers and then like they just pull numbers and then if your number hits, you get money. It sounds so, kind of like the lottery. Sounds like the lottery. Sounds very rudimentary. Huh. Um, but that was in 2300 BC. Then you get into ancient Greece, which started betting on like chariot races, Olympic games, all of these like crazy checkers and dice games and weird shit with ceramics. So that was, <laughs> that was the ancient Greece. So okay. as we come closer to zero, year zero, we're getting to ancient Greece. Now we're getting to a little bit more barbaric shit with the Romans who took it to the next level with gladiator betting. Right. Right. Um, that I know about. The gladiator betting. They also had wrestling contests and other competitions. Then we really get into more contemporary life with the Renaissance in the 1600s. And this is actually where the first gambling house was created oh. during the Renaissance period in Italy. So that was really cool. It was mostly accessible only for the upper, upper class. It was in 1638. It, you know, led to, it was in Venice, so it led to this, like, glamour and aura and exclusivity of Venice, which oh. was really, really interesting. And as you get closer to today, the first real sport that I think people today know of that was bet on was horse racing in the UK. Okay. Uh, it started in the 1800s and 1845, and from that, there was a ton of different match fixing, which you could probably explain better than me, but it's people who make giant bets and then pay people to make them hit, Right. I guess. You so, basically pay the players to help that outcome come true. Yeah, so I guess they were making massive bets and then paying the jockeys to lose um, right. certain ho horse races. Yeah, and Sup super illegal. Super, super illegal. Yeah. The actual first match fixing was in 1877. Um, which was which sort of interesting because I've only heard of things later on. But um, amongst this time in the 1845 horse racing realm, you had mobsters acting as bookies right. and co coercion tactics and all of these crazy shit that went down. And actually a little less interesting, but in 1961, um, the Attorney General Robert F. Kennedy, he sought to get these what he called bankrollers and kingpins, and he introduced an act called the Federal Wire Act. And what it did is it targeted the mob's most profitable racket, bookkeeping on horse racing, and it prohibited gambling on the nation's communication system. Huh. So you couldn't call people with a phone line and place a bet across state lines, or couldn't do so at all. So whether via telephone or telegraph, they actually, I don't know how they enforced this, but they monitored telephone and telegraph such that no one could be calling or engaging about bets across communication lines. And that happened in 1961. That was because a lot of Kingpins and mobsters were communicating across telephone to make these bets. It's like what happened in Uncut Gems. Uh, Uncut Gems. Uncut Gems. And then you get to more of the current history. PASPA, again, it was this uh, this sports gambling ban across the country that was federal. And we mm -hmm. talked about that with the legality of betting section. Right. So that's a brief but long-winded history of betting from 3000 BC uh, to today. Betting's um, been around for, why do you think it's been around for so long? I guess it's just a way to make something mundane more fun. Yeah. Like you said, even putting a dollar on things, it gets you so much more energized about whatever yeah. the outcome. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I completely get that. <laughs> nice. So I think with that, we really want to go into the whole My Beer segment. Yeah, 
Yeah. Uh, you give us a couple tidbits about last week, a couple tidbits about this upcoming week. You know, get the people going. What what, what uh, games they should go to bars for, that type of thing. Love it. Yeah, so just a reminder to everyone, Hold My Beer is when we give you current events, what went down in sports this past week, what to look ahead to. Um, I'll just give you a rundown of what happened in the games we talked about already last week. So we talked about the Chiefs-Dolphins, how that was an interesting matchup. Uh, the Dolphins were not ready for the cold. Yes. That game was a disaster. Because Tyreek Hill, you were, you were talking very highly of he him. He did score a touchdown. Okay. He, he did score a touchdown, but the Dolphins just did not look good. It was the fourth coldest game in NFL history. Wow. And the Chiefs beat the Dolphins fairly easily. Um, fun fact about that game, it was streamed exclusively on Peacock. And it was the most streamed event in U.S. history. We talked last week about how a ton of people watch football. Wow. There were 23 million viewers. That is the most streamed event in U.S. history. Wait, but this is not like including the Super Bowl. Well, so when I say streamed, I okay. mean not on cable. I see. Or I see. on like a cable channel. It's on a I streaming see. service. I see. Yeah. And did the Chiefs beat the spread? The Chiefs did cover the spread. They yes, covered the spread. They did. Nice. Good. Um, the Lions game against the Rams, we said that would be a good one. It was. The Lions won 24 to 23. Nice. Pretty cool game. The Lions get to host another playoff game. Their fans mm -hmm. went crazy for that one. That was awesome. And there were a bunch of upsets. So the Cowboys were seven and a half point favorites mm -hmm. against the Packers. The Cowboys lost by 16. Wow. They had a home playoff game. They had a lot of really high expectations. Their coach is probably going to get fired. Their owner is real upset. Um, so that was a big, big loss for them. Wow. I'm sorry to my brother-in-law who's a big Cowboys fan. Um, another upset we had was the Bucks hosted the Eagles. Okay. The Bucks won, I'm pretty sure it was 32 to nine was the final score. Yep. The Eagles were favorites in that game. Just an absolute nice. collapse for them down the stretch. And then the last one was the Texans, Houston Texans, mm -hmm. were two and a half point underdogs against the Browns, mm -hmm. and they won by 31. Wow. So, yeah. If that you is crazy. Bet the Browns, uh, you could have bet them nice. to win by 15 points, and they still would have covered that bet for you. That's so, crazy. Yeah. And then looking ahead, uh, the key matchup to look for this coming weekend is the Bills against the Chiefs, two of the best quarterbacks in the league, Patrick Mahomes for the Chiefs, Josh Allen for the Bills. And they played each other in the playoffs a couple of years ago and had maybe one of the best playoff games ever. The Bills were down by four points with a minute left. They scored a touchdown in 49 seconds. Wow. And then with 13 seconds left, the Chiefs got the ball back, got the ball into field goal position and made a field goal to send the game to overtime. Wow. Did all of that in 13 seconds. And then they won the game in overtime. Uh, so and this was last year? This was, I think, two years ago. Pretty wild. Pretty wild. Yeah. Um, pretty wild. So that's nice. kind of it. That's what you should look for this weekend. Bills Chiefs is going to be the marquee game. If you want to go to a bar, meet some people, find some really enthusiastic football fans, that's where you're going to find them. And when is it again? Bills Chiefs is going to be 6.30 on Sunday night. Okay. Nice. A little earlier night. than last week's Sunday game. So. Yeah. Kind of nice. Kind of nice. Yeah. Um, all right. Sweet. And before we head out, we had some really fun questions that people submitted. Yeah. Um, thank you, guys. If you want to submit questions anonymously, you can. If mm -hmm. you want to submit them with your name attached, we can give you credit. That works, too. First one, submitted by our friend Marielle. Thank mm -hmm. you, Marielle. Um, if the quarterback throws to a rusher, is that a passing yard or a rushing yard? So visiting a little bit what we talked about last week. Yeah. So great question, Marielle. Uh, it's my understanding that if the quarterback's throwing to anyone, it's going to be considered a passing yard. Even if that anyone is someone who usually runs, even if that's, for example, a screen pass or something that's a little bit shorter of a pass, yes. um, it's always going to be considered a passing yard. And again, like you talked about last time, if that 
receiver catches it and then runs 20 yards, those yards are also considered passing yards. Exactly. Correct. So it doesn't matter what position you are. If you catch a pass from the quarterback, it's a passing yard and a receiving yard. Um, the only exception is sometimes the quarterback will throw it backwards. So okay. if the quarterback throws it backwards and then the person runs, that is not considered a passing yard or a receiving yard. It's considered a rushing yard. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. So that's a bit of a wrinkle. We didn't get into that last week. But didn't. the quarterback has to throw it sideways or forwards in order for it to count as a passing yard. Nice. That sounds good. Cool. I'll post this next one to you. Okay. Um, from Kyla. Thank you, Kyla. Yeah, thanks, Kyla. Is a sporting event a good gift? What if the team loses? Was it worth it? <laughs> okay. This is just an amazing question. <laughs> uh, some context here very quickly. Kyla, who is my sister-in-law, got her boyfriend tickets. He's a big Eagles fan. Got him tickets to the Jets-Eagles game in New York. They live in New York. It was the easiest game for them to get to. And the Eagles very embarrassingly lost to the Jets. Yes. And from what I understand, he wasn't too thrilled afterwards. So and it was I, cold, right? It was cold. I think it rained a little. Yeah. And they lost not to the Jets. Not a good team. So I think he was pretty upset. Great question. In my mind, it's really the thought that counts when it comes to that. Because if the Eagles had won and he had a great time, then mm -hmm. A, it's the thought that counts. And B, you gave him a great experience. Mm -hmm. But you did your part. You got tickets. You knew you, you tried. would like the tickets. You tried. you tried. You really tried your best. The Eagles let you guys down. But I think a sporting event is a tremendous gift. It's a very thoughtful thing. It's just a fun activity to do, even if the team you're rooting for loses. Yeah. You got to be able to be a little mature about it and say, I still had a good time. Yeah. Maybe. And also, like you're saying, it's the thought that counts. Yeah. Right? Um, I think the whether the value of the ticket has to be independent on the outcome of the game. Yes. Yeah. Um, At least... At least your gratitude yeah. for it. <laughs> yeah. So I also went to that game, actually. Um, oh, right. I, yeah, I'm like sort of an Eagles fan. Um, and I left at halftime because they no were way. getting, they were getting shellacked. Oh, They were wow. getting blasted. Uh, that's another, uh, another solution there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Leave early and often <laughs> is my solution. Um, hedge your bets, really. Good call. Good call back. Good call back. Uh, and that's it, I think. That's it for today. Yeah. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Next week, the we're talking about fantasy sports. Fantasy sports, yep. Send the questions in. If there's anything we didn't cover, if anything doesn't make sense, we're going to answer the Q&A. Uh, we added to the Google form an input for usernames so we can give shout-outs to who asked the question. So fill them out if you want. Stay, stay anonymous if you want. Uh, find us at RookieMistakes underscore pod at YouTube, TikTok. Instagram, TikTok. Yep. And I think that's it. Yeah, if you guys want to watch us on YouTube, it's yeah. there. Yeah, we're having a lot of cool short, short form clips coming out. So yeah. yeah, find us there. Sweet. Thank you guys. Thanks. See you next time.